You know, that's, oh, that just gets me every time. But, uh, you know, Jesus himself said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. Uh, I saw a tweet or a message by Chad Veach on Instagram uh, this morning, and we, he said, we don't need leaders that are stars. We need leaders that are servants. Amen. It, yeah. Long gone is this Hollywood preaching Amen. stuff. God is looking for humble servants that are well aware of the fact that they're unqualified within themselves but have the audacity and the faith to believe God and take him at his word and say, you're in charge, sir. Take my life and do something with it. And uh, he's looking for people that are willing and obedient and are, are endeavoring to get down in the trenches with people and do life. So, Because we all got stuff, right? And we need each other to lift us up out of the pit. You know, what's that scripture? It, it's better, you know, if, you know, two men are laying down, you know, at least they can keep warm. But, yeah, we, God has designed the body of Christ to work in harmony with each other. When we isolate ourselves, we're in the devil's playground for him to run roughshod over the top of us and speak sweet lies into our ears. And in this world that we live in, there is so much corruption. There is so much deception. The enemy, the, enemy, the God, the little G of this world is, is, is a God, or I don't even like using that word, but he's the enemy, but he's all about confusion and disorder and getting people in a frantic and in disarray. But God says, I'm a God of peace, and I want to lead you into clarity I want to lead you in to all that I have for you. But it is essential. Do we got any volume here? It is essential that we tune in to his voice. We need to know God's voice. And that we're, we're going to touch on that in just a few short minutes here. But it is imperative that we know the voice of God for ourselves. And uh, last week we started talking about it, or last time we started talking about knowing and learning the voice of God and tuning into the frequency of heaven. I use the analogy about the radio, and that's old school for some of you. But if you're trying to tune in that radio and you're between stations, what do you get? You get static, or maybe you get a little bit of this station and a little bit of that station, and that just brings frustration. It brings confusion. It can muddy the waters. But God wants us tuned into heaven's frequency so that we can be clear to hear his voice, his leading, because he knows the end from the beginning, and he can help us to navigate these uncharted waters that seems like complete pandemonium. He can just lead us beside the still waters. He can restore our soul that when chaos is all around, he says, I got you, son. I got you, daughter, and I got a plan for your life. I'm not caught off guard by end times stuff. This is just Bible in living color, in living time. And we shouldn't be caught off guard by that. God's already made a way. He's already made a provision. And if you're serving him and seeking him with all of your heart, you ain't got nothing to fear. You ain't got nothing to fear. I know that's not good English, but that's the, that's the, Buckley, that's the Buckley boy in me. 
<clears throat> but coming tuned into heaven's frequency, learning to be led by the Spirit. At Bible school, you know, one of the things that they said was the answer to 101 questions. Be led. And it's like, man, I wish there was like an ABC123 formula that I could just apply to my life that would, you know, just automatically work out every time. But every situation that we experience in life is unique to itself. And it's the Holy Spirit on the inside, the wisdom of the ages, that is going to give you the insight and the direction that you need to navigate those situations that can be challenging, that can be uncertain. When you can say, God, I don't know. But good news, the one on the inside knows all things, but we got to look to him. We got to be led by the Spirit. So a little quick recap from last week as we, as we continue here. In uh, John uh, chapter 1, verse 14, in the New King James, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. And I like this, full of grace and truth. Thank God for Jesus that He is full of grace and truth. You know, He, he is... You know, we're sin abounds. I think Greg said that recently or at Bible study. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So God is gracious. His grace is available to us. So the Word, Jesus, the living Word of God, became flesh and dwelt among us 2,000 years ago. I like to say this, that Jesus is the living Word, and He is, and Jesus is the perfect will of God in action. When you read the Gospels and when you look at the life of Jesus walked out from beginning to end, we don't see a lot about his childhood, but when we look at his life through those 33 years, he only did what the Father said to do. And he was as bold to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if you want to know what the Father's like, just read the Gospels and look at what Jesus is like, because that is the very character and essence and nature of God the Father himself. So Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. He is the perfect will of God in action. He is our good shepherd. John 10, it says that I am the good shepherd and my sheep know my voice and a stranger's voice they do not follow. See, when you know somebody and then there's other voices around, you are able to decipher and distinguish the difference between the two. It's kind of like with people in, in the arena of uh, making, manufacturing uh, our, cur our, our currency and our money, they don't study the counterfeit, they study the authentic. Because when you study the authentic, then you are quick to recognize a counterfeit. And the enemy is a counterfeit, he is a liar, he cannot create anything, he can just try to reuse and recycle what God has done, and all he does is take the goodness of God and twist it and pervert it and corrupt it. And that's why sometimes God gets a rat, bad rap. But John 10.10 10 makes it plainly and abundantly clear that I, Jesus, came, that the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Yeah. So being led, being led by the Spirit of God. We need more, more than ever to know the voice of God. When I think about a rhema word, you know, one word from God can change your whole life. 
One word from God caused Peter to walk on water. Think about how many have maybe tried that just for the fun of it. Well, let's just maybe stick a toe out there and see what happens. Well, they're going to fall in. Why? Because they didn't get a rhema word. A rhema word produces power. A rhema word produces the ability to get whatever job or task at hand done supernaturally. So that's where a word from God can change your whole life. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. God speaks through his word, and his word is progressive revelation. It progressively unfolds. And, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, he actually wants to breathe life on that word. You know, I really believe that it's detrimental to us in our Bible reading and Bible studying when we just kind of haphazardly go into it without inviting the teacher to come and participate with us. Because we got the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, which is the book for me. I say that all the time. But it's basic instructions before leaving earth. It is the instruction manual. But how much better is it, like, if you're reading that thing and you got a question, to have the teacher to come and bring forth the answer? to bring forth the insight, to bring forth the revelation. So when you take the word of God, and before you read, I, I dare you, I double-dog dare you, tomorrow morning, because I know, and I'm guilty too, sometimes I just pick up the Bible and just start reading. And sometimes we can just read out of our natural inner intellect rather than reading supernaturally by the supernatural one on the inside. So when we invite him in because he's a gentleman, he ain't going to kick the door down. He ain't going to intrude. He, he's, he's more than willing, but he is being sidelined by so many Christians today. He's sitting on the sideline, but he's desiring to get in the game of your life and make it better and help you get to where you want to go. But, but sometimes we can be so prideful. Sometimes we can feel like, I got this, and neglect the one who can really get the job done. So we need to invite him in. And when we invite him in, even, even in reading the word of God, that is when he can begin to illuminate things. That's when the word of God is, it is a living organism, but the Holy Spirit breathes life on that thing when you invite him to. And then that word just begins to come alive. It's no longer just a history book. It is, it is the infallible, incorruptible word of God. It is eternal. It is God speaking to you. And, and, and how many of you can testify that there have been times where you needed a word now? I, Tony and I had a, a Devo this morning that was exactly what we needed in this moment. Why? Because we ask God to be involved in our lives. We need God to be involved and proactive in our lives and not just some bystander. But... You know, uh, Jesus said, you know, those who diligently seek me will find me. Not those who casually, haphazardly, and when it's convenient. Those who diligently seek me. And John 15, you know, is a sermon in itself. But the, the, he's the vine and we're the branches. The vine, or I'm sorry, the, the, the life is in the vine, Jesus. But the, the, the branch, if it's not abiding or engrafted, the word says, the engrafted into the vine, then that branch just falls to the ground. We see it in trees all the time. When trees die and branches fall, that, 
that tree or that branch is not going to produce any fruit apart from the tree. And that's the same for us. We are not going to produce any fruit in our lives if we're not abiding in Jesus, if we're not continually abiding in the vine, because that is where the life is. It is the Zoe life of God that we must cling to, that we must diligently pursue. So the word of God, Psalms 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We trust in the Lord and lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways, let me just back up there. Lean not to your own understanding. See, oftentimes we want to do what makes sense. But so oftentimes God is going to lead us into things that, do, that does not make sense. That seems actually quite contrary to what is realistic, to what is feasible, to what, you know, that would be the, the logical choice for me to make. But God sees the bigger picture. You know, uh, in Corinthians, Paul says that we see through a glass darkly, dimly. We, we only see in part, but he sees the big picture. So even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't uh, seem to like it's going to benefit in any way, like sometimes he'll lead us into something that feels like a demotion or I'm taking three steps backwards, but it's actually a springboard that's going to catapult you five steps forward, but he's testing your obedience. See, God's very serious about obedience. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. He's in, interested in obedience. He's interested in faithfulness. And then, you know, in regards to the word, it's a, it's a light, it's a lamp to our feet. And then it's the only way that faith comes. People try to muster up faith with other things. It ain't going to happen. Faith comes by one way. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing some more. And when you think you're tired of it and, and you're still frustrated with it, you haven't gotten it yet. Keep hearing it because eventually it's going to go from here to here. It's going to become revelation. And when it drops down here, that's when transformation takes place. But you need to give that word time to work. You need to give that seed time to germinate. And actually, in order for a seed to grow, it first has to die. Sometimes, I'm preaching. Sometimes something has got to die in you. Paul says, I put my body under. I crucify my flesh. Sometimes we got to lay some things aside. Great Pastor Greg was preaching on we got to cut loose of the weights and sins that so easily entangle us because they're keeping us from running the race that God has in store for us. They're holding us back. And so we got to cut those things loose so that we can walk in all that God has for us. And this is cool too. The Word and the Spirit, I believe it's over in 1 John. I'm paraphrasing it, but the Word and the Spirit, they work in tandem and they always agree. So when you know the Word of God, the Word of God is always the will of God. So when you got the Word of God hiding in your heart and the Spirit of God then speaks, it will always be in cohesion. It will always be in alignment. They will never contradict one another. So when you know the Word and you have a thought or you have an inkling, maybe that was the Holy Spirit, well, if it's contrary to God's Word, dismiss it. 
Don't entertain that because there are many voices out there and none without significance. But when we know the word of God, Jesus, the living word, he says, I'm the good shepherd and you know my voice. The only way you're going to know it is if you spend time with me. The only way you're going to know it is if you're spending time in the word and in prayer and allowing the word and the spirit to work hand in hand in tandem in your life. I like this. The word is our anchor to truth. The Word is our anchor. The Word is our foundation. Jesus said, I am the, the, the stone that the builders rejected is the chief cornerstone. That is the, that is the most important stone to build upon that is going to cause that foundation to be solid when you continue to build upon it, when the cornerstone is your rock. And Jesus is our rock. Jesus is our anchor. And so when we stay true to the Word, I tell you what, there, there's no, and the word is truth. The, the word and the truth in our hearts is going to keep us from the deception of the enemy. It's going to keep us from the lies of the enemy. And that being anchored to the word is going to give us then the ability to, to flow and to move in the spirit and still stay grounded. Because there's a lot of people out there that are mystical and super spiritual and they're they're doing their ministries on spiritual gifts, but they need to be anchored to the Word of God. And through the Word of God and the love of God in us, then the gifts of the Spirit can begin to manifest, can begin to operate. But it's got to always be the Word. It's the Word goes forth with signs following. God had said that I am faithful to perform my Word. So if we stick with the Word, we'll never go wrong. If we stick with the Word then we can give space for the Spirit to move and to flow and not get into error. 1 John 2.20 says, But I have an unction from the Holy One, and I know all things. Now, we don't know all things, but He does. And we don't have to look off to some far-off God. We just got to look down on the inside and, and ask for His wisdom, ask for His guidance, ask for His counsel. Uh, John 14, 26, it says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. How many need some teaching? I don't know about you, but I, I got a lot to learn. And, and I, I, I'm like a sponge. I, I, I want to just, you know, just be like Mary at the feet of Jesus. It's just hungry to learn, you know, hungry to grow, hungry for truth. Because there is no limit you cannot exhaust the word of god there, there there there's just there is no lid of limitation when it comes to god and his word and how we can grow and how we how he can continue to reveal things to us in our lives and then show us things to come you know the holy spirit can really make us look smart if we'll listen to him he can make us look like a genius if we will simply take heed to his voice. Simply take heed to his word and to, to his leading. He can make us look a lot smarter than we really are because he is the wisdom of the ages. And we got the wisdom of the ages on the inside of us. And he's saying, please, just, just ask me. <laughs> he's not, he says, I will not withhold any good thing to him or her who asks. You have not because you ask not or you ask amiss. 
Be intentional. Be specific. Be purposeful in your pursuit of God. And your requests to God. And your prayers towards God. He knows the end from the beginning. One more uh, Holy Spirit highlight. I like this in John 14, 16. And I'm going to throw 15 in there just because it needs to be said. If you really love me, you'll keep and obey my commandments. <laughs> Hello. He's looking for people that will do the word. You know, I was, I was talking with Joe earlier today, and, and we are co-laborers together with Christ. We're, we're working this thing together. He's building his church, but we are his hands and his feet. And the Holy Spirit is our helper, not our slave. He ain't going to do the, the work for us, but he wants to partner up with us and help us to do what we couldn't do in our own ability. So partnering up with him. Verse 16 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. And this is in the Amplified. Helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener. I like that one. Strengthener and standby to be with you forever. So he will never leave you nor forsake you. He he lives on the inside of you. If you've made Jesus Lord, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He's taking up permanent residence in you. And he wants to fellowship with you. He wants all access. And you know what? He's got a lot more to offer you than you do him. So why are you withholding your little bit of stuff when he's got so much more for you? We were bought with a price. We are no longer our own. Strengthener. I'm just going to highlight that one for a minute. The Holy Spirit being our strengthener. Romans 8.11 in the, the PT, the Pastor Terry translation. <laughs> the same Spirit, and I, I, pro, I declare this all the time. And you can too. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that resurrection power, quickens, energizes, and revitalizes my mortal physical body. That resurrection power lives on the inside of you. That resurrection power that raised Christ up out of the grave, that brought him up out of the pit of hell, where he overcame death, hell, and the grave, and brought him back to life, is the same spirit that dwells on the inside of you. So if you have the sleepies, I can assure you that resurrection power can lift you up if you ask for it. I don't know about you, but my schedule's packed, and I know a lot of people in here, schedules are packed. I'm preaching to the choir. We need that resurrection power to quicken, to energize, to revitalize our mortal physical body. He wants to do that in our flesh. He wants to do that in our physical body. Not so that we're just slugging and drugging along, dragging our feet, but to where we actually have a pep in our step. He wants to give us a grace for the pace in which he's called us to. Resurrection power. I did a sermon just on that alone as a youth pastor, but that, that, that's so good. That resurrection power on the inside 
Let's just say that together. That resurrection power lives in me. And it is quickening, energizing, and revitalizing my physical body. I'm energized by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Being led. Holy smokes. Okay, I'm going to the bottom. Man. All right. <clears throat> Tony told me when you, <laughs> when you get to 720, go down to this point in your notes. <laughs> All right. So we're just going to do a quick recap here. Keys to being led by the Spirit. These are some good nuggets and just some, some, some bullet points that you could write down. But keys to being led by the Spirit, number one, and this is not by any means an exhaustive list, okay? This is just some, a handful that the, that the Lord uh, shared with me. Um, but the Word of God, it is the truth. It is our anchor. It is our cornerstone. And I like this. It is our safeguard against lies and deception. The Word of God is our safeguard against lies and deception. Why? Because it's truth. It's light. What happens when the light switch goes on? I, I think about some kind of nasty, rickety old apartment. There was this old movie years ago called Joe's Apartment. I don't know if it, not this Joe. <laughs> now, he's, he's Joe cool. He's too cool for that. But there was this movie called Joe's Apartment. And Joe's Apartment, for, for any of you that have seen it, he had cockroaches in that apartment. But when he turned the light on, what'd they do? Them cockroaches just fleed, man. That is the word and the truth and the light of God's word. Satan and his little minions are like cockroaches that are intended by us as children of God to squash underfoot. You're supposed to squash those little cockroaches. If they, if they try to linger on or they're, they're dilly-dallying, just crush them. Trample them underfoot. Take your authority in who you are in Christ. So that light is going to cause the enemy to flee. Truth is going to expose the lies. Prayer being a key component. We were talking about how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing continually the word of God. And I just want to, this one came to me at the last minute. But Paul's prayers... Uh, in, in Ephesians and, gosh, is it Col Colossians? Paul's prayers in Ephesians and Colossians, the one in Ephesians is Ephesians 1, 17 through 19 in there, but read the, whole, read the whole book. It's great. Ephesians, I encourage you to read it. But he, he prayed in Ephesians there, I pray that I might have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of my understanding, what? may be enlightened. Why? That I might know that I know that I know what is the hope of his ultimate calling, perfect will, and divine destiny for my life. Pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so that the eyes of your understanding can be enlightened. 
And then the Holy Spirit, don't let him sit on the sidelines in your life. He wants to be an active participant. He wants to be your best friend. He wants to be your ever-present help in the time of need. He's with you forever, so you may as well get to know him. Our teacher, helper, comforter, strengthener, our guide. I, didn't, I read this scripture last week. But another way of being led by the Spirit, um, I don't have the verse right in front of me, but we need to allow peace to be our umpire. There's a scripture in the Amplified, and I have it in my notes, but they're up a, about a mile up. Um, but I touched on it last week that the peace of God is to act like an umpire in our life, like, like in baseball. The umpire is the one who calls the shots. The umpire is the one who says it's a strike or it's a ball. And, and that's what peace is wanting to do in your life. The Spirit of God will always lead through peace. If there's discomfort, if there's uncertainty, if, if there's a, a sense of, man, I'm being rushed, I'm being pushed. I tell you what, the enemy pushes, but the Holy Spirit leads. He's a gentle leader. He's a gentle guide. But the, but, but the enemy wants to rush you. He wants to push you. He wants to force you into making decisions and making mistakes that's going to affect your life. How to be led. Let the peace of God be your umpire. Let the peace of God be your guide. How to, to, to be led through other people, pastors, ministers, godly people in your life. God is using and wanting to use if you would endeavor to, endeavor to listen to the godly counsel and the people and the leaders that he's put in your life to impart truth into you. God will use them as a vessel to speak truth and life and the word of God into you. Maybe a word in due season. God uses people. And then just like with Elijah, the still small voice. Have you ever heard this? Pick up that piece of trash. You walk by, there's a piece of garbage on the ground. That's just one example of a still small voice. And then the inward witness in urging, a prompting, an intuition. It's not so much of a clear voice, but it's an inner knowing. It's a conviction. I like to put it this way. It's like a red light. Stop. It's like a green light. Forge ahead. It's like a yellow light. Yield with caution. That is the inward witness in our lives. And then I'm going to end with this one. Being led in silence. Hear me out. Being led in silence. Sometimes we go by his silence just as much as when, we, when he speaks. Oftentimes, no news is good news. Keep doing what you're doing, and if things need to change, he'll let you know. Sometimes you're trying to get a word from heaven, but you're already on course. God ain't always going to have a word for you. He may seem like heaven's all closed up, but actually he's like, you're already obeying me. He's pleased with you. He doesn't have to, you know, write it in the clouds. You're just simply obeying his word. You're simply doing what he told you to do. And sometimes that, that's a good indicator, being led by silence. If you're serving God and you're being led by silence and you're not hearing from heaven, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, being a doer of the word, faith in action, he cannot steer a bicycle that's not moving. So start pedaling. And when you start pedaling, he can start directing you. 
Same thing with the silence thing. If you get off course, he'll speak. If you're tuned in, if you dare to, if you dare to listen to him. Amen? Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you that we are not here alone. That when you ascended on high to the right hand of the Abba Heavenly Father, you didn't leave us abandoned, but you sent forth the Holy Spirit to guide on the, the guide on the inside of us, to be with us forever. You gave us your word. So Lord, I just pray for each and every person, Lord, that, that they would begin to hear your voice. Just a few of these nuggets tonight would begin to register the, the lies of the enemy because you're not putting enough truth in. You've got to get the word of God in you for faith to come. Let that word. Bible says, hide my word in your, in your heart that I might not sin against you. That word will keep you from the snares of the enemy. That truth will keep you on course. So, Father, I just pray right now over each and every person that they do know the good shepherd. They know your voice. They are led by the Spirit. And Lord, I just thank you for giving them ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to understand, that they can be sensitive, that they can be tuned in, that they can just wake up in the morning and say, I know my Father's voice. He speaks to me. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So, Father, I just thank you that you have great things in store for each and every person in this room. And, Lord, you are eagerly awaiting to show them things to come. So, Lord, I just thank you right now for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of all of our understandings are being enlightened, that we might know the plans and purposes of God for our lives, and that we can walk them out with you each and every day, hand in hand, in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you say, Terry, you know, I haven't entered into that covenant. I haven't entered into that relationship with Jesus. There's no time like the present. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. This life is short. And eternity is a very long time. If you haven't made that commitment, I, I pray that the fear of God just hits you right now in a, in a way that just causes you to want to know him. If you're here and you say, Terry, I haven't made Jesus Lord of my life or I've drifted and it's, it's time to get back on track, just lift your hand up to heaven. Don't be ashamed. We, we've all been there. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I see your hands. God sees your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Well, church, let's just pray this prayer with them. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died for me that he rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. And make me a new creation in Christ. Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, ain't God good? Anybody glad they showed up tonight? I'm, I love it out here. I love you guys. So God bless you guys. You're dismissed. Feel free and uh, hang out for a little bit. And, yeah, have a great rest of your week.